Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining today. This is Corey Whalen, Managing Partner with Bridgemark Strategies. When working with a client at more restrictive firms, one of the things I always discuss with them is the many different ways that you could communicate on a regular basis with your clients, with your prospective clients, and your centers of influence. And in my opinion, this massive opportunity is overlooked by a lot of recruits as a main reason that they should make a change as it typically leads to massive growth if it's executed properly. A lot of advisors ask me through their due diligence process, Corey, if I leave the bank, if I leave the wirehouse, how am I going to continue to build my client base? And marketing, I think, in my opinion, can be a really big part of that growth strategy. Uh, we have Corey Keating, the founder of Marketers Company, on the podcast today, just to help you answer that question and help understand the opportunity that's out there for you by bracing digital marketing. Corey, thanks a lot for your time today. Yeah, man, I'm super excited. So a couple of Corys. <laughs> Love it. So Corey, if you don't mind, if you could just tell us a little bit about your company and how you're helping financial advisors through the marketing process today. Uh, that'd be really helpful. I always love having these conversations. So today my company works with the financial industry in really two ways. We work with investment managers and boutique firms, firms similar to yours and and others that that manage assets. And then I work closely with financial advisors to help them build their brand, build their marketing strategy, create content. Um, so really it's it's working with boutique firms that are under five billion in 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 AUM management and 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 on kind of on the wholesale side, as well as boutique RIAs and, and firms like like yours, like Bridgemark. And on the flip side, it's working really closely one-on-one -on -one with financial advisors to help them get closer to their prospects and client base. So Corey, I mean you're 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 working in helping financial advisors market, you know, every single day. You know, in in, in your opinion, I see well, actually I see very small amount of financial advisors actually fully bracing in digital marketing. You know, it what are financial advisors missing out on right now? I mean, frankly, they're missing this window that we have in front of us that continues to close as the noise continues to increase. And what I mean by that is if we, you know, any of us think back to even 2014, right? You could be like Facebook was really prime back then. Instagram was just getting started. YouTube was still, even though it was eight years in, still very infinite. We all probably look back at that and say, God, I wish we'd embraced that then and look how big we'd be now. We're still in a moment like that. It's just some of those platforms, Facebook, Instagram, even YouTube, they've matured quite a bit, but LinkedIn is still kind of on the rise, right? With uh, folks embracing that as kind of a new social platform. And I just think this, this window of availability of, of for us to get our message out there is still open while the big you know the, the big firms figure this thing out right once that money from the big firms pour into these platforms it's going to wash many of us out and it hasn't really happened yet at scale so we still have an opportunity so i i just look at it like there's this window this moment in time that we have to get our message out tell the world who we are what we're about what we do and and do that really free if you think about it and you know i'm not even talking paid advertising this is just organic content that that i believe advisors should be putting out you know daily if not every other day so like in, in my intro i was talking about when i speak with a lot of financial advisors I, I i talk to them about the power of 
you know, putting your brand out there, you know, being able to communicate to your clients in a tough time, you know, being able to talk to your centers of influence on a regular basis and just kind of help remind them that you're out there, that you're different than the other, you know, 10 people that are asking them, you know, for the same referrals and all of that could potentially, you know, lead to growth. I mean, can you talk about, um, you know, how you're helping, you know, financial advisors do that and, you know, maybe just like what the impact could potentially be for a financial advisor's business? Well, let's think about it. Like if you're not out talking about your business and who you are and, and what you offer, who's doing that for you? And, and the answer to that is nobody, right? No one's out talking on court. Of now, I, I want to be respectful. Of course, if you do a great job and there's referral and, and word of mouth conversation going on, that may be happening. But no one's out there actively, like waking up in the morning, being like, "I need to make sure I tell three people about Corey Whalen today." Like Corey Whalen has to do that, or Bridgemark has to do that for Corey Whalen, right? Like there has to be someone proactively marketing your business for you or else no one's talking about you. And and the way I look at it is if you're a financial advisor, you set out January 1, you woke up that morning or January 2 and said, I'm going to grow my business this year. I'd like to know what it is you're doing to do that. And for for the most part, I think a lot of advisors are hoping and, and have some wishful thinking around this spray and pray email that they send out once a month or that because they do such a good good job for Jane Smith that Jane Smith's going to recommend them to aunts and uncles and 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 others. I think advisors need to embrace their ability to put out the content and the message they want into the world on a on a consistent basis and I I have seen firsthand and just the folks that I work with how how that does like you being a a reminder that you're there has so much value. And and if if you're not doing it for yourself as a financial advisor, no one's doing it for you. And that's what scares me. That's that's what I look back at like, man, I think people are going to wake up in 2026, 2025, four even and be like, if I had just done this, my business would be here to here. And, and that's such a big deal for me. And I think that's such a missed opportunity for so many advisors. Yeah, I mean, you, you you mentioned Jane Smith, you know, before in your example, and, you know, Jane Smith is much more likely to, you know, give a referral if they just have a constant reminder of, you know, how you're helping them, how you're different, you know, constantly communicating with them in a crazy market environment like we are right now. It's just a constant reminder that, you know, you're there and you're helping and you can help I, others. I couldn't agree more. I just, you know, people might think of you as the best you know, person to work with when advisors are going through a transition. That's like, we could say that that's unequivocally something that an advisor who's worked with you in the past thinks. The problem is you're just not top of mind for them every day because they've got a lot of stuff going on. They've got a family, they've got a business to run. They've got things happening. They got a speeding ticket on the way to work. Like there's, there's just real life stuff happening. But if Corey Whalen is consistently out there, just sharing value, sharing his message, you know, just communicating with the world, it allows you to be top of mind for that example, when that person is asked, who should I work with as a transition? Or I'm thinking of switching firms. It's just, right. It just, it, it clicks and it makes it so much easier. The referral is just top of mind. That's awesome. Um, so Corey, I, I know you, you, you work with all types of financial advisors, financial advisors in the independent broker dealer world, the independent world, and, and also 
in the wirehouse. I mean, I've spoken with financial advisors that really want to differentiate themselves from the brand of the wirehouse that they're in and just sometimes have some limitations versus some of the other firms that are out there that have a more uh, you know, flexible um, support of financial advisors marketing. Can, can you talk about some of the concrete things that an independent advisor can do versus a, a wirehouse advisor? Yeah, and are you cool with me dropping firm names here? Um, or would you rather me keep it high level? Let's keep it high level. Cool. So there are some captive firms that, including wires, but others, um, national captive firms that I have engaged with advisors that, that work for these or work, you know, under these umbrellas. <clears throat> and our relationship has unfortunately on a one-on-one -on -one level, and they would admit it and understand it has really fizzled out after two months, three months max, because there's only so much we can do. There's only so much I can help them, right? Like they run into restrictions. The ceiling is, is, is it's like a five foot ceiling. You know, it's like, it's it. So when I'm working with advisors or advisors approach me from some of the captive firms, I know from the jump that it's, it's that relationship isn't going to go very far because the things I need them to do to help them see the return on investment, to help them see actual growth, they can't do. So it becomes a frustration moment, 60 days, 90 days in. Now on the flip side, when I'm working with folks at Indies and RIAs and, and those that work at firms that allow them a little bit of freedom and flexibility, you know, the world is kind of our oyster because they're competing against folks who have, you know, I don't want to use this term lightly, but they have these marketing handcuffs on. So if I'm working with a with an advisor at an indie or an RIA that can kind of do whatever, right? Like within obviously within compliance boundaries, but they have the freedom to be available on all these different platforms and mediums and things. Like it's it's an unfair advantage, really, if you think about it. They're competing, uh, and they have they have a full toolbox available to them where the other the ones at the captive firms like literally have a hammer. That's yeah. all they have. And so I don't know if that necessarily answers your questions. I can get in more, more specifically about what we're doing with Indies and RIAs. If, if that's, if you'd like me to go down that road. Yeah. I mean, just like one specific thing, Corey. So, you know, I work with a lot of wirehouse advisors. I work with a lot of independent advisors and, you know, a lot of them are my friends. And sometimes like I'll be on their communication list and, I think I've told you this story before, but when the market was really, really crazy a couple months ago, um, I got a bunch of different newsletters from people from different firms. And I got one from a wirehouse that it was just a capital markets update from their chief investment officer that I've never met before. I have no relationship with. Um, and I really just breezed past it. And then a financial advisor sent a newsletter just someone that like I really know and I trust. I have a great relationship with. And when I was reading the newsletter, you know, it was talking about how important it is to stick to your financial plan, why things are crazy right now, but why that could potentially be a good thing and some specific reasons in terms of why that's okay. But the really cool thing about it was, is that like when I was reading it, I was reading it in the voice of this person that I know and I trust. And it just made such a big impact on me versus like any other email from any other firm that I've ever gotten that was canned before. So that's just one specific reason that I share with financial advisors around how much more impact you can make around the people that are really important to you. Look, and your I, 
I love that story because what I think about when I hear that is the email you probably got from the global investment strategist from the wirehouse probably had more educational tidbits and facts in it that theoretically could add more to your overall understanding of the markets. However, the one that was written from the voice of the advisor in that human context was the one that you digested. And I find that to be the most eye-opening piece of proof that I don't think anyone can really argue with. Like that is how we understand and, and, and digest things. None like, I love the story you shared. Um, and if you don't mind, I've, I've just like got a second. I, I've been thinking about this for quite a while. Hiring someone to manage your family's finances is a ridiculously enormous life decision that involves a ton of trust. And, and to most people, it's just full of unknowns. So the one who adds the clarity, the humanity, the knowledge to the entire process is going to be the one that's the most relatable by the end prospect, by the the one. And they're going to be the one who's hired. And, and I think about us as just human beings wanting to have an addition put on the house, wanting to have a pool installed on our property, wanting to have the house remodeled. Like I'm using the house as an example. Like instead of searching blindly, which most most of us do, and then we select the company or the, the general contractor with the least horrific reviews, wouldn't it be nice that we could go out and find a GC or a company that has these videos where they're describing the process. They're explaining who they are, how they got into the business, what the family business means to them, um, what we can expect when we go through the pool install or the addition. Like, hey, I just did an addition like this. Here's what I want you to expect. We're going to come in. We're going to do this, 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 this. Doesn't that feel so much better than just like hiring someone out of the blue with the least amount of horrific reviews? And I know that that's not how advisors, like, you know, that's not how advisors necessarily hired, but I think people are so much more comfortable hiring someone that they feel like they know they can connect with, they can engage with than they are just blindly taking a referral or, or finding someone through Google. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think this kind of, you know, uh, piggybacks on, 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 on what you were just saying, but you know, what, what are some of the best people that are embracing digital marketing out there doing that others aren't yeah it's not even i mean it's it's actually quite simple um they're they've they've got a website that is their foundation for the due diligence who they are what they do why they do it they have a youtube channel that has the the five three minute videos to talk about who they are what they do and why they do what they do what they what you can expect and then they're just consistent on the social and digital platforms in which their prospects consume so whether that's linkedin YouTube, a digital newsletter, a podcast, Instagram or Facebook. Like you don't have to be everywhere. Don't let me overwhelm you with everything. It's just pick pick the one thing where you think your prospects spend the most amount of time digitally and focus on that. So it's, you know, if, if you're focused on 55-year-olds, career earners, uh, you know, I would have make sure your website's tight. I'd get a YouTube channel and I would make sure that I'm consistent on LinkedIn. And and consistency is the key word there. That's that's where I see the most success, Corey. It's the advisors who consistently show up with authentic value and content. Now, if you are consistent with the canned stuff from the back back office library, you're you know you're cutting your nose to spite your face on that one. Yeah, I was just going to ask, you know, what are some of the biggest mistakes financial advisors make? But um, that hits the nail on the head right there. 
they they run they oh, Corey, you told me to be consistent my website's buttoned up i've got this you told me to be consistent i've been consistent for eight months nine months 15 months nothing's happened all right let me take a look we look and it's they're just posting and sharing canned links and articles and the same stuff that everyone else is ignoring and and that's when they run into a problem so it's you've got to authentically put yourself out there consistently I think a lot of financial advisors too, when I talk to them about this, they're like, Corey, I, I don't know if I have the content, you know, to be able to put out regularly, you know, on a YouTube or, you know, on a LinkedIn to, to make myself attractive, you know, to a client. And I just, you know, totally disagree with that. You know, you're, you're not marketing to your fellow financial advisors. You're answering the questions that clients ask you every single day in your voice, the way that you do it in a meeting. So they get a feeling on what it's like to work with you every single day, in my opinion, at least. No, and I, I, your opinion's spot on. I, it's, I hear that a lot too, Corey. It's, uh, you know, I don't, I don't even know what to say. I don't know where to start. You know, okay, I've got the green light to be on YouTube or I've got the green light to be on uh, LinkedIn. I just, I don't know, what am I going to say? Answer the questions that you're most commonly asked. It's the most simple recipe for success that that I can give you because the most common questions you're asked are the same things that everyone else wants to know. And then they, maybe they just don't ask. So it's the stuff that you hear come up at Thanksgiving from family and friends. It's the stuff that you hear from current clients. It's the stuff that you hear from prospects. It's the stuff that you pick up at the soccer game on Saturdays. You know, it's, it's all like, is my house a good investment, right? Like stuff like that. Um, you know, can we afford a second, you know, a, a, a vacation home, right? So it's just addressing the stuff that folks are going through in their, you know, in the, in the current context of life. So, so talk about some of the success stories out there. I, I think a lot of, you know, this is a lot of work um, and it needs to be a part of your business plan. So, I mean, what could a financial advisor expect in terms of their, you know, return on investment? I would, I mean, it's gotten harder, so I'm not going to sugarcoat it. As as the world and social and digital all starts to get noisier, it's gotten harder. Um, all that means is that it takes more time, right? So it's, I think about a conversation I had yesterday with a real estate agent um, who's basically a lifelong real estate agent. That's their career. They they really frust get frustrated in times like these where you know there's a gold rush to real estate and everyone wants to be a real estate agent. And then it becomes harder to get listings because there's so much competition because there's so much noise. Right. So it's kind of the same with content. When it continues to get crowded and noisy, you've just got to plow through it. And what'll happen is the folks who are pretenders will fall off. Eventually they give up because they're not actually pot committed to it. Just so just like the real estate agents who show up during the gold rush and then fall off when things tighten like they are a little bit here, the same will happen in in kind of financial marketing, right? The pretenders will come and go. It gets noisy and crowded, but then they fall off. And for success, for you to have success, you just have to stick with it. And you ask about ROI, I would say expect expect to put in 10 months of of consistency. And you might find success in four months. You might find success in month two, but it might also be month 12. And that success looks like a random phone call, email, DM. This is like, hey, I've been following your stuff for a while. Just thought it was, you know, look, we've been busy. Now's a good time to talk. Is now a good time to talk? 
Are you taking on new clients? I hear it all the time. I get a text from a current client. It's like, dude, totally random. Just picked up a $5.6 million account from completely out of the blue. Didn't even know this person was following my content. Said, I've been keeping an eye on what you've been doing. Saw your YouTube channel. You know, I'm subscribed to your newsletter. And, you know, I, my husband and I would like to chat. Yeah. And that's what it, it's just the random, you know, it's that random $5.6 million account that comes in that, that proves the whole thing. Um, and it's really consistency, man. Like, so I'll never, the first thing that when I, when I start working with new clients, the first thing they hear me say is I will never promise, you know, some sort of ROI number. I, I that's not my business. My business is to help you generate conversations. So if I can help you generate conversations, that's a win. And that's how I like to measure the success of what we're doing. And, and I get on most of my client um, consultation calls and be like, how's it been? How's the last couple of weeks been? How's the last month been? Have any new conversations come up? Has anything come up? And has anyone mentioned LinkedIn? Has anyone mentioned Facebook? Has anyone mentioned YouTube or your newsletter? And, and, and you know, six times out of 10, it's, yeah, you know, so-and-so said they, you know, they forwarded on to their aunt and uncle and, you know, and there are success stories in that. And it's not every day, but it, it takes a long time to build a big business and a successful business. So it shouldn't happen overnight. From, from the financial advisors that I speak to as well, that have made the move from like a wirehouse to an independent firm, I'll have advisors call me back and to say, Corey, you know, I've been doing the digital marketing and like your exact story. They will say, a, a, a prospective client reached out to me. They followed all my stuff. They said, you know, Pat, I feel like I've known you, I know you already. And the credibility is just already there. Um, but also the feedback that I've been getting from a lot of financial advisors is sometimes it's just hard to measure. You get a lot of outbounds like that, but you're also getting more referrals from your centers of influence. So you see like an increase in that. Maybe they don't say, hey, I just saw your video. Here's a lead. I was thinking about you. But you know, those things like really pick up all of the people in your universe that can help you be really successful and continue to grow um, all start to give you more because you're constantly communicating with them. Uh, dude, such a huge point. Like how much more would I rather recommend somebody who has kind of their, you know, their together right? Their, their foundation put together. I, I'd so much rather brag about them than the person who's equally awesome, but like it, it looks like they're running business in 1989. Yeah. Right. So that's a huge one. Um, I also, you know, one of the big ones I run with with advisors and investment managers and boutiques alike, but this is specific for advisors is how much business do you lose in the due diligence process? And Corey, that scares the complete, like that, that just scares the, like I'll keep my language to at bay here, but that scares me to no end. Like someone had, someone found you or they were recommended to you. And like we all do, they're sitting on the couch, they're doing their due diligence or wherever they're at on their desktop at work, doing their due diligence. And they just can't find out enough to convince them to take the next step, which is outreach. So they continue doing due diligence on you and others. And that's, an enormous one for me because I, I feel like the the playing field, the, like the level to get in and win that is so low. Like all you have to do is have a few things going, you know, to win that, to, to, to have that confirmation bias checked off. Absolutely.
Hey, can I ask you a question? Yeah. How often, like, what part of marketing goes into someone's decision, an advisor's decision to transition? How important is it? You mean like the marketing capabilities at a, at a specific firm? Yeah. Is, um, it, is it an afterthought or is it something that's on the, on the, on the table? I think it's a huge part of the you know decision. I, I, I think a big issue out there when financial advisors explore a firm, they'll ask a firm, hey, do you have digital marketing? Um, and they'll just ask that one question. The firm will say yes, and they'll go on. But I think there's a lot of other questions to ask in there that really differentiate some firms you know, versus another. Even on the independent side, where a lot of financial advisors perceive ultimate flexibility, um, you know, there's some firms out there that allow financial advisors to, you know, post videos in real time. And if the, if compliance in the background sees something that they don't like, um, they could take that down. So like if you wanted to do a video about Ukraine and, you know, how it's impacting the markets or, or something like that, um, at a lot of firms, it could take more than a week to get an approval. And that video might not be relevant by the time that it comes out. Some firms allow you to do that in real time. Um, so some firms just have a lot more flexibility from that standpoint. They might have a marketing person to support them and kind of help financial advisors in some ways, kind of like you do to be their guide through the process. So some firms um, embrace social media marketing a lot more than others and digital marketing. Um, and some have a lot more restrictions. So I'd say it's a big part of the process. Um, with a lot of financial advisors, but I think it's really important to dig in and ask the right questions. How long is your turnaround time on videos? You know, do you allow us to make, uh, you know, custom graphics? You know, the things that really differentiate yourselves and give you a voice. At some firms, you have the ability to have a much louder voice than others. So, big part of the decision making process. But there's a lot of questions to ask. That makes sense. How do you see, like, from your purview? Do you do you see? Um you know, progression taking place or is, is it has have a lot of firms kind of dug their heels in on their policies and that's going to be the way it's going to be. I think a lot of firms, I think there's two, you know, clear, clear directions. I think there's, you know, some firms that are just continuing to double down and, and I mean, you could just go on, on, on LinkedIn and you can see, you can see really obviously the firms that are, ahead of the pack. I mean, there's just some independent firms out there that have no financial advisors on, on, on social media at all. So I think there's a bunch of firms dumping millions of dollars into helping it be easier. And then I think there's a lot of firms that are going, you know, in the, in, in the opposite direction. I just think something, you know, really interesting, Merrill Lynch actually um, is allowing their financial advisors to start to do some videos on social media now. You know, it's scripted. They're only allowed to say, you know, certain things and they need to kind of stick to a script. But I do think it's pretty cool that, you know, some wirehouses are at least allowing their financial advisors to have some type of voice out there versus that CIO capital markets update email that we were talking about before. Yeah. Well, I hope, you know, that's good news. I hope that they continue to progress there. I was just interested in in what you're seeing. What else do you think you know financial advisors should know on that call on the on on this podcast today, if anything? I, I just go back to like what I said earlier, man. Like there's no magic bullet, there's no uh or silver bullet or magic pill. Like I know the analogy of like getting in better shape, or you know, you and I are very familiar with golf, like being a better golfer. Like 
these analogies are easy to use, but it's the same thing with marketing. Like you have to put in the practice and the work and the consistency to actually get better at it. That's just the way it is or to grow your business with it. Like uh, there's no list you can buy. There's no leads you can buy. There's no one thing you can do that's going to move your business. It's about doing it consistently and showing up. And my fear, again, just I go back to people wasting time. And I just think there's there's going to be such a look back of, I should have taken advantage of this. I should have done more. I sh- and, and I know this is hard for folks to hear who are at, because you, you see this every day. But if if you believe you can grow your business and you're at a captive firm, but you can't do what you want to do on a marketing level, I just think it's worth exploring. And I know this is like a little bit of a commercial for you, but I just, I believe in it. It's worth exploring going somewhere that allows you to communicate to the world because eventually the big firms are going to dump a lot of money into these platforms and it's going to wash everyone out. And then it's going to be back to the tricks and the tactics and the steak dinners and all those things that you know, we know don't work. And I, I just, I wish for advisors to take more advantage of this time we're in. That's awesome. Corey, you're the best. I really appreciate the time. If, if somebody, you know, wants to get in touch with you and learn a little bit more about, about the marketing process um, and, and, and how you work with advisors, how do they do that? My thing's easy. Uh, you know, just find me on LinkedIn, Corey Keating. Happy to chat with you on DM on LinkedIn. Happy to have an email back and forth, a phone call, whatever. But just find me on LinkedIn, connect with me. I think that's the easiest. Perfect. Thank you so much for the time, Corey. It was awesome. And, uh, and thanks again. You as well, man. I really, really hope you find this podcast of value. If you do, please make sure to subscribe and share it with your friends.